Hello, it is once again Friday. You are now watching Rantbox TV, so thank you for joining us. I am John Clay, your host, and we are joined today by Rob and Stringy. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. Excellent, excellent. You guys want to talk about games and representation of. Um, I'll let it, you know, something, let's, let's let you guys talk about it, because I know you've got a game that you're working on that this theme is actually quite inherent to. Yeah, Rob, do you want to go or should I? Um, I'm, I'm happy to, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to jump in and then I'll kind of like pass it over to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're Shringy and I kind of, we, 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 make, we make computer games and we're just, we're kind of interested in looking into and looking at ideas that aren't necessarily, um, I don't know, totally mainstream or, 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 or trying to trying to I guess find interesting little nuggets of things that people haven't necessarily explored before, and something that kind of keeps coming back when we do this are things like inclusion and diversity, um, which is a real shame that this should be, you know, nuggets of things that people aren't really exploring that much. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like when you say representation, John, I think it's more than representation, if I had to submit, it's more about inclusivity. And I know they like sound similar, but it's a little different. Basically, as a character, you still like, not necessarily, you know, representative of any minority as such. I mean, you are a woman and stuff, but it's, it's a lot about, you have no other choice but to empathize like as a main player. And it's a lot about, you know, what gets lost in translations when you're talking across cultures, when you're talking across. Uh, so a lot of things that get lost in translation and what, like, how do I say it? Like you're basically as a character solving puzzles, but not like math problems. You're, talk you're solving empathy, empathy problems, no. right? and you're facing challenging decisions, but unless you channel some sort of heart in it, in this, it is a lot of poetry. Like, unless you put that attention into, you know, reading what the other person is saying, and it's not straightforward. Um, could you give me an example of one of the puzzles? Because it sounds quite in-depth and interesting. So like, you know, like, uh, you, you as a character are going to a place called Lemud. It's a place which is, uh, fantastical, like you don't know. And you're on a kind of a mission from your homeland, which is Earth, in this case, quite a West Western place, that you need to go and make the happiness quotient higher or make the quality of life higher of people in Lemur. And then you have these certain tasks that in 31 days, you have to deplete these resources, you have to get the quality of life to at least 50 or some arbitrary number. And your main aim is to deplete the resources, finish this in 31 days and come back. And then you'll have a report that, oh, this person went there and it, they made the life better of these emotions. Now Red lands on Lemur and she realizes that the quality of life is quite high, right? Like it's, it's not really much farther or in fact, it's at the same level or higher than what she's been sent on. And so now her, her main objective is to finish all the resources so that they can be this newspaper article of how this company has made Lemur better by giving them, you know, these needy people what they need. And I think this was 
inspired by you know rob came uh, rob had come across uh, this action aid project that people were doing in india and africa and such and you know no, like people who go from here are not really understanding the problem but it still becomes like a nice documentary and stuff like that and that's where the inspiration came from so when she goes to lemur she realizes that the lemurians the way they talk is still speaking english but the way they speak is quite different and what they need might not be what we need so so a lemurian will for example say uh oh so dry so dry my throat and then you know and then you have different options of what you could give this person but then it's so you'll slowly learn how they speak and you'll slowly learn what is it that is satisfying but also within lemur people are different so if one person is saying oh so dry my throat and maybe they need tea that doesn't mean that when the next person says the same thing that's what they want and we're trying to really simulate the reality of the situation that if you actually go to india there's like a lot of different people and you're trying to solve a problem you might solve it for you know a small section and you might not solve it for the big section and throughout red has this uh, overarching goal from her back home that she needs to come back and you know finish the resources so she's to make she's supposed to make decisions based on whether she wants to know these people more or she wants to just finish her task and uh, in am i missing something wrong no 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 i'd like to be still there i think you're getting a lot of uh, um a lot of uh, you know kind of great key points in this i think like one of the main things that we wanted to that we wanted to kind of get across with this as shringi was saying is that there's like just because something is different doesn't mean that it's worse but i think as as people we often have like a a a a tendency to kind of believe ourselves um superior or inferior in some way and i think that there's certain certain sort of kind of cultural things that kind of back this up and so by looking at at this character being sent almost on um it's almost like a missionary or or, or some sort of kind of like aid mission to go and help people but the fact that these people actually they're not necessarily less off they're just different but there's kind of an arrogance of like oh we need to we need to help these um these people but actually maybe there's kind of like there's more to learn by um by just a, a, a sort of equal exchange yeah that sounds quite interesting because i mean there has been and for a very long time specifically um if we think of like say uh, live aid there was this idea about um for one of a better way of putting it the white savior that would go in and transform mm-hmm. a certain uh, area that needed our help but it seemed to be a very one way um uh dialect in that we weren't really understanding what we could gain from that place as well um obviously not just from any resources that might be there but in terms of our actual communication um and culture um have yeah. you thought about that aspect at all i mean one of the main things that like one of the reference points was i mean it's not exactly what you're saying but one of the reference points was this movie which is about uh women in india and i think even africa but the one that i saw was women in india uh having uh, not having like uh, sanitary uh napkins etc during periods and uh, so 
ActionAid and some other companies wanted to go and help. And there's this whole documentary of almost looking down on people and saying, oh, they don't have this. And this documentary won the Oscar, by the way. And I think it's a great initiative as well. I don't think it's a bad initiative, but there's a lot of, you know, scenes of uh, girls being embarrassed and saying, oh, even when we talk about periods, they're embarrassed, but they're not understanding the culture that with a movie camera, if you go to village people anyways, they will be embarrassed. Like that kind of nuance is completely missing. There is like, over here, there's an agenda that we have to go help them and we fix their problem by, by providing them X, X resources. And in, in that sense, it's become, it becomes very money-minded in a way that, okay, this is poor, let's give, give poor people the thing they need and they'll be better off. But we're not spending the time to contextualize the problem and understand that even if they had the money, they end up spending on something else, why? And how are they actually dealing with it right now? And actually talk to them and understand what would really help. Will it really help to put a camera in your face and show that, oh, you're so regressive? Or will it help to, you know, like yeah. understand and the language of that? And I think this one dialect that you're talking about, it's very goal-oriented, which can be good. It's not always bad, honestly. But in that sense, if we, if we zoom out and look at it, it feeds into this whole hierarchical idea of East mm. and West. And I think that is where I feel that when you zoom out of that situation where you may or may not have help, you're basically now writing research papers, winning Oscars about it. And the whole problem, whole thing is now become that you've used this resource of helping somebody to up your own you know, position in the hierarchy. And I think that is where Rob and I have been discussing that how can you help without you know becoming uh, involved in the rat race of it mm. like coming to a point where we we come to equality that's what we're after right coming to a point of equality and helping each other rather than it being a one-way traffic what could you have learned from those village people how are they living sustainably what kind of uh, practices are they using because there's better community building or something there must be something that they have yeah. to offer as well yeah how do we have that exchange rather than having this um, you know, downflow of things. I think I think that's one of the ways we are looking at this mm. problem. Yeah, and I, I I think also it's it's like we're also it's also kind of being tackled through the game mechanics of the game because we were, um, you know, most games have got kind of quite strict objectives and there's there's goals and there's scores and there's points and there's kind of skill and things like that rather than focusing you know maybe on 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 things that are a bit more amorphous like the feeling of a game or or or, or you know kind of the the general aesthetic being what's important um you know games games that are like that are often kind of in some respects talked down down on by you know sort of certain portions of the the gaming community but for this, we we're almost kind of playing on that, where there there are scores, there are things to do, there are objectives, but it's not necessarily what's important. It's like it it it's it, you know, there's there's other layers to it where actually there's there's maybe one experience where you just go in and you're kind of like I'm going to win this, but actually, you know, that's not necessarily the only way to to kind of approach this sort of situation, and maybe there's. Maybe there's something to be gained from um, from approaching it differently. And uh, another thing I, I wanted to kind of like touch on as well 
back to what we were saying about kind of representation in the, in, in, in games. Um, something that we've kind of tried to, to, to sort of focus on is, is sort of looking at differentness rather than specifics. So it, you know, uh, Lemur, the, 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 you know, the fictional planet where this takes place on is, is very intentionally fictional. You know, it may be based on things or may not be, but it, it, it's fictional. And, you know, Red, the main character, is, is coming to this place and seeing the differences. Um, and I think rather than trying to go, okay, we're going to put a person that looks like this in a game or a person that looks like that in a game, it's rather looking at, well, why do people see each other as different? And how can people get this feeling of, of possibly alienation, possibly um, this, uh, a feeling of, of not necessarily fitting in, but feeling like, well, maybe you should, or feeling like where you come from isn't necessarily valued or is valued differently. And then, so kind of just playing with all these sort of themes rather than going, okay, we're going to specifically look, we want to make a game that has something that looks more like this or that. Yeah. That sounds so healthy, especially when we think of the fact that in our situation of lockdown, which um, by the time this video comes out, hopefully you'll be out of lockdown. Um, we've been given a chance or afforded the ability to question the stories that we tell ourselves, yes? Mm -hmm. You know, who we are, what we aim to do in a day, where we intend to go. And in this time of lockdown, in between asking those big questions, um, arguably one can switch oneself off and play a Star Wars game or a Street Fighter game, which Rob knows that we've been, uh, <laughs> been quite a lot. But there's something to be said about what you guys are planning to do in that the merit is that, as you said, it's not just goal-orientated, it's contemplation-specific. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, hopefully, you know, I'm hoping this sounds amazing, but once you finish playing the game, you'll still have those ideas going on and take them into the real world. Is that part of your logic? I would say so. So for example, you could play the game like a most oblivious person. Like you go like, okay, I have to reach this goal, this quality of life. I don't care what the emotions are thinking. And, and actually it will be quite like real life that you've been oblivious. Your game will actually be much shorter than the whole depth of the game. And you will come out as a star. You'll be like, oh, Red finished the mission. And she, but you've not actually played the game at all. You've only scratched the surface of it, right? And there will be undertones that you've missed something, but on the very surface of it, you would have finished it. And for such a person, there won't be a lot of contemplation. But like if what we are expecting and, and my faith in humanity is that you'll at least try a bit, right? And for those people, who at least try a bit, I think there'll be a lot to think about, like what decisions you make, how much are you trying to understand, how much, I really want, like one of the things that we really want is to make it clear that how much effort that it, it actually takes. It is not a trivial thing to understand somebody, right? And throughout this game, it's not going to be like, you know, you can go like, I don't want to play this. This is too hard. And that is also making a point. Like that is, that is part of it, that if you go on this journey of trying to understand, it's not about, you know, the normal game balancing that's gonna be easy, then hard. It's actually very much a process. Like you'll be like, oh, I get it. But then you'll be like, I thought I got it, you know? 
and then you learn more about Lemur. The more you engage, you learn more about it. So there's a journal feature which will tell about their customs and cultures. And the more you study that, when you come back to the puzzle solving, the better equipped you will be. But it will never be like, you know, you fully get it. And actually, if you really play the game well, the end, end is not going to be as rewarding as when you played it badly. It will be at a place where you're like, oh, there is so much more to, you know, unpack. Let's play again, or what it's trying to say. And this is where, you know, the embodiment part of games really comes in. So some of the literature in games talks about a game really allows you to be in, in a scenario, right? So we see movies, we see literature, and they're very powerful. And obviously, like, for me, I feel a lot of empathy to, towards move, with movies and literature as well. But studies show that a game really allows you to enter this place. And sometimes when we're doing a representation through games, we think that adding a you know, person of color is going to add representation. But that's very representation in terms of stats. It's important. There's no question about it. But do you really enter the game in, that, in the different skill and really feel it? it is very superficial to just have a different skin color. And here, what we're saying is you might just be a white girl, red is a white girl. But what we're saying is that you'll feel like a minority in Lemur. You'll feel like the person who's trying to understand. And I think that is what we're aiming, not just with red, actually with a, with a set of games that Rob and I have been thinking. Like red is our first one, but always when we talk about it, a lot of our games revolve around the mind of a person and the kind of things that they're thinking. Like one of the games we're talking about, uh, like Rob recently had an idea, so I'll leave it to him. But another game that we're talking about is like a mother's head and all of the things that are going around. And it's almost oh, like a wow. warehouse. So you have to like put the things in the front row if you want to do it, right? So you have to keep organizing the warehouse. But depending on where you're from and what kind of things on your head, the warehouse kind of changes. Like for me, one of the things always in my head is my visa. So that'll always have a spot in the warehouse, right? And so, so you'll have little quests coming in, like for example, something as simple as go to a party. But if you had put your dress and all the, all the things of prioritizing yourself at the back of the warehouse, then you won't be able to bring it to the front while that thing will be over. So you'll always would have prioritized your kids or, or chores and stuff. But the whole point is that how do you, work through this warehouse that you make the most of the things that are an opportunities coming your way. And again, this is not so much about who the mother is. It could be, it could be a man, for example. It, it's like currently in our head, it's a mother, but it could be anybody. It's not so much about who they are, but it's about based on who you are, what kind of things that you have to think. Like, for example, Rob doesn't have to think about a visa. I have to. And, and also Abhishek has to. So it's not so much about gender over there, it's just about being in a different country. And those kind of things, um, and Rob had a really cool idea very recently, which I'm, I've fallen in love with. Rob, do you want to tell us what the idea is? I will tell you what the idea is. Um, Excellent. <laughs> no, we were, we were just, we were talking um, yesterday about or the day before just about um communication and about how people um how people are kind of treated um depending on who they are and what the situation is and 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 specifically we, we were kind of talking about 
um, people that are, I don't know what the right word is, but kind of pushy, you know, and people that are sort of bolshy and kind of come in like, I know, you know, and let me tell you. Um, and thinking certainly, I don't know, a lot of the time in my experience, most of the people that I kind of know like that are like that are sort of white men. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about the fact that I wonder if that isn't something to do with the fact that that behavior has been reinforced. It has worked for them um, versus some someone else where maybe it, 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 you know, they've been shut down when they've been like that. And so we wanted to play with play with this. So how could you have some sort of game? Like, you know, we don't know what, what sort of format or anything yet, but where you get to try and do this or, or, or do the opposite and you see how the system reinforces the behavior in you, but you don't necessarily know who you are. So maybe you, you, you know, you kind of pick a character at the beginning, but that's not necessarily who your character is. <laughs> and so you're trying to, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of, you're trying to go through the world with certain ideas in your head and the world is responding to you. And I think this is one of the things that's really interesting about games um, over maybe film or books or anything like that, because it's interactive, half the, half the, 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 um, the interest or the ex excitement or, or, or whatever is the fact that you're able to probe systems. So you can go, you know, and, and, you know, you can probe narratives as well, I guess. Here's a system, here's a narrative, see what happens. What happens when I try and do this? What happens when I try and do that? And like, where are there maybe opportunities within this to, you know, bring out interesting ideas or explore interesting ideas? Sure. I have three questions for you before we wrap up. Um, one, is there a precedence for the kind of game that you guys are creating that you've looked at so that you understand a little bit more about where you're going? So it's been very, very difficult in that sense, because I think the kind of games, I won't say that either me and Rob know all games to ever exist, right? Like we know the popular games. And uh, if we look at this kind of games, which are touching on syst systemic issues, I think Papers, Please comes to mind and there are some other games. But honestly, this whole idea of coming at it from a point of empathy and a point of you know some certain kind of poetry to it and that kind of stuff we don't at least I don't know but that could be totally my ignorance so <laughs> so we're coming from a blank slate mostly okay that's interesting um well, I mean our inspiration point was that action aid thing that happened right like yeah so it wasn't a game it was the issue okay um, my last two questions are specific to each of you. Um, Rob, could you tell me more about um, the planet? What's it called? Lamort, yeah? Lamut. Lamut. Is yeah. there any specific element of its history that you, when you created it, you learned something about yourself? I'm fascinated with the idea that mm -hmm. when artists create something, after a while, when they really look at the artifacts, they can figure something out about themselves that maybe they weren't conscious of before. Right. Interesting question. I think Shringy is probably slightly better equipped to answer the question because she's the designer of the team. So, okay. Um, 
uh, yeah, if, if, I don't know if you've got an answer. And, and then I'll take your questions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'd be interesting if I tell what Lemur is and how it has affected you. So uh, there are a few things about Lemur. One is Lemur is primarily all women. Like it is, uh, Lemur is a planet of only women. And we don't know why we don't see men. We don't know whether the men are dead or they don't exist. But all of the people that you meet in Lemur are very much women. And all of the people at Lemur, they are, they have this innate need for uh, community and communication. Like they've prioritized that over anything else. And, and they, they spend a lot of time with each other, uh, talking and discussing things and creating art on walls and stuff. And women are empowered, but not in terms of them even knowing that they're empowered. Right, they're, they are existing as uh, fully functional people who are independent in their own senses, whether it's uh, in terms of food, whether in terms of religion, whether they're just being themselves. But we don't see men except one person who we are calling the leader. And this person is actually, a, in my head, this person is a, a transgender person. And we see them from behind. So we don't really know whether they're a transgender person or not. It depends on the player. In my head, when I've created it, it's a transgender person. But but really, only I know that, I suppose. Sure. But how does that like affect Rob? I don't know. <laughs> well, let's find out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I find it kind of um, a little bit confusing because I didn't grow up on Lemut. So it would it would kind of seem alien to me um i guess i'm excited to excited to kind of uh, explore the move a bit and find out whether i can fit in um <laughs> okay so, yeah um my main question that i was going to ask you shringi was i maybe i'm wrong but has your poetry been an integral part of creating this game and if so how I think Rob, you can't take this one. <laughs> oh, watch me try. <laughs> uh, it definitely has been. So one of the things about poetry that I have witnessed and also struggled with is that there's a certain movement in poetry, right? When we're looking at ethnic writers, we want them to tell about brown girl challenges. I'm not saying that is not important, but we have stereotyped what kind of uh, poetry can be written by people who look like me. And that kind of poetry gets publicity and stuff. But the kind of poetry I'm writing is pretty colorless, I would say. And it's not conscious that I don't want to write about that. I think it comes in my poetry anyways, but it's not centered towards that. So I see a lot of ethnic poetry around words like holy, henna, the words which are already like turmeric, coconut oil, things which are like between East and West and, uh, and West is already kind of um, acknowledging it. Whereas me and some of the fellow writers I know who look like me, we're not, we're not trying to cater to that kind of, we're not trying to cater to any audience. We're just trying to write what we write. And what we realize is that that kind of poetry, which needs more effort from a Western audience is immediately rejected because it, it's beyond that, um, beyond the words that is already been exposed, beyond the ethnic, diversity right it, it's more and when it's more they're going back to what from their own poets whether it's in the past 
but people like us we're not getting it and i and over and over i've said that if you care about inclusivity it's not about you appreciate our poetry and stuff it's about giving it a shot saying things differently and that's the important bit like we're Sorry, not could like, you repeat that last bit because it froze then you said it's not about giving it a shot or yeah it's not you know give us a shot and make us uh, make us as important as the as the white writers what i'm trying to say is that when we're talking about inclusivity inclusivity we what we what people of color bring is it's not that we're just talking about different things it's not just that we're talking about different topics but we're also saying things differently the way we use language is different the way we approach a problem is different because we're culturally different and i think that is the level that takes hard work if you read my poetry it'll take you a bit more time because we're not using the same language pattern even if it's english we're not using the same metaphors and that is where i think red's poetry has a lot of influence because what i'm saying is that you'll really have to pay that attention to understand what's happening because the language pattern itself is changed even if it's english and in red it is much smaller like my poetry is kind of longer and quite uh in that sense it can be harder but but red has kind of like shorter sentences but it still has that you know i'm not going to be easy for you i'm not going to use words like henna and turmeric and coconut oil that's not what i'm doing i'm just saying things what i have to say and we share this common language but this language is no more yours like english does not belong to you we share this language and we speak it differently so i i hope that answers your question <laughs> Very much so. Um, I feel um, quite saddened that we've actually run out of time. So I can't really ask you more questions, but I'm hoping <laughs> that you guys will at some point want to come back and we can do some more investigation of this topic because there's so much yeah. more to go into. Um, as you know, and I'm hoping that the viewers know, we're very subject driven. So I haven't even told people essentially that much about you. I always save that into the end. So very quickly, um, Rob, what do you do when you're not talking to me in Vantbox TV? Uh, I'm I'm a, a computer programmer, so I make stuff, and I, I sort of specialize in working with uh, games technology. I'm also supposedly kind of in the process of doing a PhD um, at Goldsmiths. So very succinct. Thank you, Rob and Stringy. What do you do when you're not talking to me? Um, I'm a game designer, or used to be more of a game developer, but mostly a designer and. I'm a game researcher, recently finished my PhD, and I'm a writer. I write poetry and short stories, and I am teaching game design at University of East London. Fantastic. This has been amazing. I really do hope you can come back because um, there's just yeah, way too so many fun. questions. Mm -hmm. um, if people are interested in what these people are about, then there should be links in the description box to a project or video of their choice, which I'll find out from them later as to what that's going to be. Um, I was John Clay. Rampbox TV is online every Friday for 12.30 p.m. Um, GMT. This has been great. And uh, I'm going to go now because it's been too much fun and I'm knackered. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. <laughs>